Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast, your home on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network for in-depth discussion on the lore, the High Republic, and the whole canon of the galaxy far, far away. My name is Matthew Neugebauer, and I am joined across the continent by your friend and mine, Mr. Joel Davis. Joel, how are you doing this week? I'm ready for some football, the real football, American hey. football. Hey. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't care enough about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there we go. Or the reason we did that, I did that. Yes, yes, that's true. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that in a very quick second. But uh, yeah, I mean, I my, my Minnesota Vikings sadly uh, were eliminated last night. So I guess that's what we're talking about. I, I do watch that kind of football too. You know, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm a fan of them. Don't worry. <laughs> um, got the gridiron going on. But anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Joel. Thanks uh, for joining us. It's been a whole another year, 50 episodes, which means we're only taking we've only taken two weeks off because. Over this 52 minus two, uh, including last week. It's good to be back this mm-hmm. week. Tonight, we are catching up with Clone Force 99, talking all about the Battle of Jedi audio drama, and then looking back on the year that was for the Iron Cannon podcast and our approach to the connective narrative tissue of the galaxy far, far away. Also, a bit of a programming note, and uh, I'm anyone watching, anyone thinking, and, and helping out, anyone in the fandom fam, uh, I'm going to ask your help if, if a certain trailer drops. That's why we're talking about uh, a certain hand egg gridiron football. Uh, if a certain trailer drops while we're live, feel free to let us know in the comments and uh, or or not. I'm, and if I if you catch me this checking my way. phone every now every now and then, trying to see okay did did it drop on YouTube specifically? Um, we will do our best to talk about it. That's the plan. We'll interrupt what we're doing because you know we want to get it minty fresh, minty fresh. But anyway. Until then, uh, yeah, I got a few plugs off the top. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Iron Cannon Pod. Uh, you can, yeah, chat us, chat with us there. Also on the Discord, Servers Under World Discord. Speaking of Minty Fresh, the, the link below. Take us to our Discord. We had a pretty good Fall Guys party the other night. Uh, every few Fridays. What's the plan there? Every, every other Friday. So not this Friday, but next Friday. But next Friday... Spoilers, I'm going to be switching up the game. We're going to be doing a new free game play. So, yeah, beyond, we won't say just yet because we still have to plan it out, but get ready. It's going to be fun. All right. All right. Um, all right. Tease of a tease. There mm-hmm. we go. Uh, yeah, on the Discord. And then, you know, on, on your, your console of choice, you always make sure it's a cross-platform game. Yes. I do know that much. Um, <laughs> and, and I understand the gaming world that much, I should say. Uh, yeah, and then a few other other things uh, to note. We got check out my Tractor Beam comics reviews uh, this past week. We had we had three. We had a reasonable number, not zero, not five. We had three comic books: uh, High Republic Adventures number two, High Republic number four, which are, we will cycle back to later in the show for uh, while well, we talk about Battle of Jedi, and of course the Padmorific Darth Vader number thirty. So that's over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right Hashtag now. Hashtag Vader's Angels. Vader's Angels, love it, love it. Um, yeah, and speaking of Spotify and Apple Podcasts, after every show, after we're done going live here on YouTube. And on uh, Facebook, Underworld Facebook, uh, I can Twitch, I can in Twitter, Star Wars Underworld Twitter, uh, <laughs> all those things. I just chose them all. I chose them all. Just, just click, 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 click. There we go. Uh, yeah. After we're done that, though, 
I go ahead and upload it to Spotify and Apple Podcasts in audio version. If that is more your speed, as I say over on the tractor beam, if that's more your speed. Uh, yeah, by speed meaning if you're driving at 60 kilometers per hour on the, on the street here, 100 kilometers per hour on the highway or however fast you drive <laughs> here in Canada. Uh, yeah, and, and you, you, know, you shouldn't be watching a YouTube video while you're driving. I do not condone that. Please do uh, check us out in the audio versions. We, we do that. So, uh, yeah, everything, all that available. Okay. Uh, a few more things to mention. This is the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel. We have YouTube memberships. We have Super Chats. So if you really want to get our attention, give us money. <laughs> and by that, yeah. I mean, uh, give us uh, give us Super Chat, and we will be gar- guaranteed to mention, mention it and address your comments as soon as possible. We try to get to every comment, but We'll really make a point of mentioning it on YouTube Super Chats. So, yeah, please let us know and give us give us all the love and the support that you're willing to give us in the Star Wars Underworld Network. Anyways, uh, as mentioned, Clone Force 99, it's been a, been a bit. Uh, three episodes of The Bad Batch dropped while we were away. Well, yeah, two and then one this past week. Um, yeah, so Joel spoilers, Hall, by the and, way, spoilers. Yes, yeah, so sure. this is another thing yeah. we do with with uh, those who are maybe new to our show here. Uh, it, we spoil things, so uh, Joel, take it away. Uh, Bad Batch episodes one, two, and three. The Batch is back. I, I tried to do a new Zealand accent, I couldn't. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, Batch is back. Uh, back. Omega Tech Wrecker Hunter uh, and Echo. But not crosshair. Crosshair is with the Empire boot. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the batch is back, and I'm happy. You know, um, you know, it's it's nice to have like a, a kind of a what I call a very relaxing Star Wars show to watch. Like the pressure and the stress is not on it the same way like all the live action shows like Andor and Kenobi were at the time. You know, I feel like I can just you know, oh, Bad Batch, nice. I don't have to stay up all night for it. Although I have watched it in the nighttime. That's because I'm just up at that time. Um, you know, just enjoy it. Um, you know, first two episodes really good, really solid. Good to see, you know, uh, Sereno again. Um, getting another. Um, they, these last three episodes, man, they've just been. Count Dooku's just having his moment in the sun in terms of screen can right now. It's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful to have. Um, you know, and just see kind of the, the background rise of the empire as. As you know, the Empire is taking all the stuff from Count Dooku's palace. As as I like to joke, Sidious is worried. Dooku has the embarrassing pictures from the Christmas party last year, <laughs> so we gotta get them back quick. What um, kind of sweater is he wearing in that party? We, we know what kind of sweater he has, right? <laughs> Grievous with like four chugs of beer and all arms. Um, it's great. Um, but yeah, and that was cool. Um, and I really liked um again. I think the third episode probably my favorite with Crosshair and Commander Cody old cody's back and he is not happy with this empire thing um very different than in legends where cody just became a grumpy drill sergeant for the empire um you know that's cool it's cool to see like remnants of the separatist in general which is always fun you know it's like they didn't just go away after you know a year you know they, they there's dozens of little remnants all over the place i mean with a huge galactic spanning government um that was cool and just kind of see, and um, I really like Rampar, and Rampar's whole angle right now mm-hmm. um, gives me Andor vibes, and I just gotta wonder, as I call it, that creative, that um, th- thematic synergy going on. It's like, 
I don't know if, I mean, clearly I don't think it's like, oh, you know, Bad Batch and how it will lead to Andor season two. Um, Rampart and Andor season two. I don't think that's, that's going to happen, but like seeing the kind of like the same theme repeat themselves over and over mm. again is very interesting. So yeah, overall, three really fun episodes, you know. It's just nice to have what I call some very calm, laid-back Star Wars. Well, you know, kind of the, the appetizer before we get to the feast or the, the bigger meals. I, like to say to them. I guess. I mean, it's pretty pretty deep and pretty dark to me. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I get what you mean in terms of the 20-minute, the 25-minute, and, and animated it tends to be a little more fun. Yeah, the episodes one and two, they flow by. And, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really impressed with that, with the pacing. Uh, there's no lull. There's no... no uh, trudge in the middle those episodes you have to kind of fight through though they just i've seen you know they 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 stand up on rewatch uh but you talk about tone and you talk about the connections to andor in terms of yeah themes with rampart which, which is true i mean he shooting uh shooting wilco in the back just because he won't falsify that report i mean that was that's very andor-esque it's very machinations of imperial bureaucracy and uh, I really enjoy that, but also the whole thing, even including with Crosshair, the darker, uh, more more contemplative is not the right word, but but brooding, uh, angsty tone that Andor also had of, especially you know, especially Cody, but also Crosshair's uh, lack of satisfaction with with the status quo, but still not quite able to get up and do something about it similar theme then with with echo and the whole bad batch uh it, for different reasons i mean obviously yeah. um it's far more understandable why hunter wants to uh protect omega and make sure they're not putting her in dangerous situations and so they're more content to be on the run uh you know parenting parenthood is is an end in itself and so i get that but the 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 tension brewing the friendly tension the disagreement brewing with echo who does want to be more on the front lines does want to be more forward i definitely appreciate that and then yeah mm-hmm. seeing cody right here right off the bat hearing about clones who are questioning the order i mean we got that from the trailer um yeah we got but you know we got that from the trailer we got that uh yeah in legends we got that in the canon comic way back when that order 66 and even hipper chips eh, they're not well. They did what they're sold to do. They're the the they're meant to do. But how much can, might they end up backfiring ultimately? As seeing clones as part of the the Rebel Alliance, it's a it's an exciting prospect. I I really like this this show's subtle world building, um, in just in terms of like the early months of the Empire. Like it's never. I mean, there are some episodes I'm sure that are you know. You know it's, it's it's forefront, but in the background, it's like you know, like you got those two clones eating their soup, and they're like, hey, yeah. "I hope that military defense budget is you know <laughs> pass." And like, uh, yeah, what talking for politics. I know. Um, <laughs> and I also really found it interesting. Uh, I, I always know so many little things about the show. Is that um, mm-hmm. you know, the clones were brought in to do like the actual fighting. You know, like you know, the fighting the battle droids in episode three, and then when the stormtroopers came. You know, they're doing the, the police work, essentially. It's like, they're the ones that are like, you know, get, get the beaten stick ready for them civilians just because yeah. I'm going to beat up them civilians. Um, you know, so it's sort of like the Empire kind of, It's almost kind of sad. It's like like regular people are more willing to, like, get the, the stick ready to start sure. policing while like, the clones who are bred for war can't do the policing act. They, like, they, the Empire doesn't want an army. They want just a, a super militarized police force. Yeah. 
essentially. I mean, that's what's that's what they're there for. Um, I mean, authoritarian governments don't really make a difference between the two. I mean, their their greatest enemy are, is their own citizenry. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Shoot, I had a point that completely forgot. But, oh yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember. One more. One yeah. more Andor thing. Mm. I think. I think at the end of the day, Hunter Hunter asked needs to ask himself if he's going to risk it all for something real. Uh, yeah. Where's Lucen? <laughs> where do you need him in the background? Just. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, Bad Batch. It, it's a lot of fun. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. It's good to have animated Star Wars for mm -hmm. 16 episodes. I'm, I'm kind of curious where the what the season plot overall is. Is, yeah. is, is it going to be just adventures that kind of build up to something? Is there like a grand scheme of it all? I, I'm curious as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, you know, we don't know what that finale is because no one's seen it. Not even the early review people. Right. So you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm interested and. You know, can't yeah. wait to see where this all goes. Definitely off to a great start. Um, one thing you bring up in the notes here is, yeah, the separatists. He's not a separatist; he's a Serenian. Uh, that mm -hmm. that guy with the with the uh, the cultural archive, the heritage. These are people. These are real people. I mean, they're not real people; they're fictional characters. But you know what I mean? They're regular, ordinary people living their lives and their societies. And along comes the Sith, mm -hmm. basically both of them to. Mm -hmm. Uh, smash their lives and flatten them as pawns in their game in, in galactic right. power and uh, yeah all these cultures that get bulldozed by that I uh, also you know, you know, all the you know the cultures that get bulldozed by that and, and mm -hmm. just uh, being reclaimed and how again the rebel alliance one of the things they do at their best is seek to reclaim those cultural heritage that cultural heritage hopefully hopefully we see some of that one thing, last thing I want to say there is, uh, twenty-four years ago, Phantom Menace. They're on the they're on the ship, and Obi Wan says, "Looks are destroyers." And twenty-four years later, <laughs> we got this. We still got the Droidicas coming in. Um, the legacy of that film is uh, is really uh, yeah. yeah it, it's alive and well. Love Droidicas. It's alive and well. So anyway, yeah, uh, love... you had one more. Okay, thing just say you. one more thing. Um, but also, we get the governor, and the governor's got like a very yeah. different view of dooku and i think it's easy to you know for us to kind of always see dooku as he's just the sis lord too before mm -hmm. you know fastidious but you know to in-universe people and to like that governor you know mm -hmm. i know it's hard to think about it but you know dooku is the equivalent to mon mothma at the moment like the idealist fighting for freedom but if Mon Mothma was equally Sith Lord. <laughs> I bet yeah. you there's like propaganda about that against Mon Mothma. She, she is Sith Lord buyer. But like obviously, you know, the, the Dark Dooku is a Sith Lord. So we know where his two things lie. But like for that governor and mm -hmm. Dean Terry, you know, yeah. Dooku was just another Mon Mothma fighting the good fight against corruption. And I, General Grievous is their Admiral Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's a fascinating take. I hadn't heard that before. But that, yeah, I, I can see where that could go. And anyway, Mon Mothma. Just the thought, their propaganda about her being an agent of chaos, like Dooku, that is is propped up or propagandized as an agent of chaos. Um, yeah, I mean, if they, if you don't know, he's a Sith Lord. He's fighting for for your rights and for your culture and your heritage. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I got we think of that that poster uh, from the from Pablo Hidalgo's propaganda book, brilliant book. Yeah, and I think it's it's I think it's. Uh, uh, reference to an actual U.S. Congress ad, but it's uh, the Galactic Senate, and there are what how, 
there are 3,000 senators and none of them care about you. <laughs> it's a separatist <laughs> propaganda. It is brilliant. And to see more of that, more of that, that mm-hmm. color, that flavor, uh, you know, the especially as the clones. I, I remember D. Bradley Baker, I believe, once talking about playing Rex in Rebels, how Rex being part of the Rebel Alliance, uh, he's effectively, in his mind, having to join the separatists. And, yeah. and having to uh, navigate that that shift in his own psyche. They're bred for war. They're bred to be loyal soldiers of the Republic, as we see with Crosshair. And so... Um, I mean, yeah. I, it's something I kind of hope we see in Andor. And we, dang it, we saw a little bit with Anton Krieger. Remember, Anton Krieger saw Guerrero. like, that guy's a separatist. Um, you know, and yeah. I'm sure there's a reason why he didn't want to help. Among other reasons why I saw they want to help, but you know, it's like, yeah, I can see a, I can, I don't blame him to, you know, personal, you know, they killed his sister, but I kind of want to yeah. see, like, yeah, some of these early rebel leaders, apart from like Republic loyalists, are probably former separatists who have managed to hold out, but and mm-hmm. still think Dooku is like this great martyr instead of, yeah. you know, we know he's just another Sidious pawn. Very fascinating. Lots of great things to get into. Uh, again, off to the off to such a great start this show. Yeah, I'm really happy. But it might turn out to be I don't know my my my, my uh, dark horse favorite show of 2023. Probably not. Probably still making on Ahsoka for that. But uh, you never know. I, I'm I'm open to that possibility. Uh, before we go on to uh, one of our main conversations here, uh, sorry, we got uh, we got a bit of news. Bit of news here. Um, just dropped last week, I believe, on StarWars.com uh, and then the Star Wars show on YouTube. We're getting another Vader comic. <laughs> Vader, black, white, and red. And this is the uh, this is the quote from the website, the, the franchise website. Uh, in Star Wars, Darth Vader, black, white, and red, issue number one, Vader returns to his vile ways with a trio of tales penned by Jason Aaron, Peach Momoko, and Torin Grunbeck, with art oh. by Momoko in her debut as an interior artist for a Star Wars comic, also with Leonard Kirk and more Jason Aaron coming back. Uh, he, of course, wrote drew, wrote the story for the, the 2015 ongoing comic, um, going back to the beginning. Peach Momoko, interestingly, uh, does... Uh, well, basically, all, he, she is the... She, they, she... The... Uh, yeah, she. I would in go her with debut, they. In her debut, yeah. Um, the, the primary advocate, I want to say, for... Japanese style in Marvel Ooh. in a very American, you know, very American medium comic. Um, but I mean, she she wrote, she's done taking Marvel characters and made them into kind of Japanese style stories. Uh, she's done a lot of covers for Star Wars, but this is the first time, as it says, doing interior art. Leonard Kirk, of course, doing that. Um, we got a, a cover of number one here. I'm going to show this. This is by Alex Maleev. Really leaning into, I believe, so red, black, white, and red, as the article mentions, is a continuation of black, white, and blood, which you know, um, Wolverine and some others, I forget who, uh, but it, it's Marvel tying in Darth Vader to these anti heroes uh, <laughs> of the Marvel universe. Of course, Vader isn't really an anti hero, he's, he's full on villain, but. Uh, here we got we got I, the Anakin face, you know. I know that's to say that, that's I I and Tatooine and everything. And this is so this Alex Maleev cover. I, I'm I'm quite loving this. Just simple colors, uh, Vader standing out. Yeah, it's it's. I'm a fan. I don't know, Joel. What what do you think? I know. I think it's cool. Um, I really like the idea of getting more 
um, Japanese influence by actual people from Japan yeah. instead of just like, hey, I want to make a samurai thing. I'm the whitest guy ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I actually get some. That's why I like vision so much. It's like yeah. the Japanese from a Japanese person. Like get the the, the 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 situation. But yeah, I like it. I like I like seeing Anakin's face. It's like a like nice mixture of like a lot of Hayden in there, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit of um, Sebastian Shaw, a little bit of, with the egghead, but. Yeah. No, I don't see any eyebrows this time. So yeah, eyebrow, eyebrow alert. Um, we're <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I like the look. So yeah, uh, anthologies are always cool. I think you can oh, if they're it's stylized and really cool, I'm down mm-hmm. for it. I, I love me some non just linear storytelling. Give me some anthologies, one offs. Yeah. Do some weird stuff. It, it's yet another Vader comic, which is funny. I guess they're gonna keep telling. They're never not gonna have a Vader story on the go. Um, just getting a thought now, I'm wondering if that signifies that the Greg Pak line is coming to an end. Of course, because Darth Vader's story effectively comes to an end at Return of the Jedi. So maybe... I would not to get too deep into speculation. I'm I'm just assuming everything kind of on hold until Hidden Empire is done, and then they move on to Return of the Jedi. Finally, like you, yeah. you guys can't squeeze all this in one year. With a very busy year, apparently. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, part of the things we don't know when these stories are going to be set, like you said, it could be bouncing back and forth and around. Um, but yeah, I mean, this could be, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, the, the This issue, number one, happy birthday to me. It comes out on my birthday, April 26th. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm even wearing the hoodie. Here we go. Um, can't put it over my headphones. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to this. Again, it'd be curious to see what what they've done new. Like the Vader short runs, Target Vader uh, was okay. Dark Visions was terrible. I'm sorry, it was exactly it was supposed to be the one issue of the woman crush on him, which is is the worst piece of Star Wars canon. Um, but you know, well, there's some things were were interesting. Dark Visions, some some of them are interesting, but this will be this looks more like a li- more literal story. So. Um, or a set of stories exploring things. That's another possibility is, you know, just different corners of this character. That they can keep mining, keep plumbing. Cause he is, I say he's still the main character of the Skywalker saga, but you know, people might disagree. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Uh, well, I mean, what do you think of, of yet another Vader comic troll? They always tend to be mostly my favorite stuff. Honestly, okay. I said for that one Vader comic. So, you know what to go for it. And to be fair, that one Vader down with a crossover with the main line, so I don't yeah. really count that. This, this is more of its own separate thing. Um, so you know, like Vader stuff has always kind of been my favorite stuff. I mean, back when uh when the comic started, that was my favorite stuff. I love mm-hmm. Charles Soule's original run. Look, Rick Pack what's doing right now. So yeah, I'm I'm down for it. Good, good. good. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'll obviously read it. I'll obviously cover it on Tractor Beam. So give it a look. Give it a read. Give it a listen. Uh, yeah, but don't feel obligated to read it if you don't want to. This is true. Comments. This is true. I want to, so I will, but yeah. and, uh, I will. and I want to, so I will as well. There we go. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Okay, let's get that out of here. Uh, main topic, at least main Fortuna. topic number one. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we this one, um, just came out. This is George Mann, uh, the uh, audio drama. Uh, in phase two of the high republic the battle of jedda and uh i actually i was able to listen to it fairly quickly because i'm way more efficient with audiobooks even though i prefer the paper but this is an audio drama this was the original medium was was an audio play 
and uh yeah and, and it dropped and it really brought a bunch of things together joel I'll, I'll start with you what were your initial thoughts connections impressions feelings pretty good pretty good i liked it um i think this is what you might call another one of those historical stories because I didn't feel like I super connected with the characters too much, although I always forget people's names. Um, I remember I like really like the female lead Jedi. Obviously, the mother and Marta. Obviously, skin. Uh, the one that helps the mother out later. Yeah, in the it was it knows Slendra. Slendra, yeah, yeah. I liked her. Um, yeah, it was cool, like kind of seeing the ambassadors. Kind of one of them goes broke and just becomes like, ah, screw the screw the air. We're gonna go to war because I say so. Um. Mother and Marta, obviously, they stood out, and I love it. Um, you know, it's pretty good. Like, I love the tension, just seeing this, the Battle of Jedi. I really like seeing when everything kind of just, eventually all fell to pieces and just war came to the planet as, um, I always forget, Ebra, which one's, like, the powerful planet? Like, Ebra. Arano. the powerful one. Yeah, the more that's powerful one, yeah. That's just my problem with names. I can't remember <laughs> yeah, names, enough. so that's just me. Um, yeah. That Aramo kind of came in, just like, oh, things are getting, things are getting spicy. Um, seeing the leveler was cool, and obviously, like uh, the mother being just ruthless to her, the person who helped her just by killing him at where she's trying to escape. Um, mm-hmm. That was pretty epic. Uh, I love seeing Marta with the kid, that poor kid who just got her face scarred. Like, yeah. oh, I, I feel sorry for a little. Like, um, uh, you know that that was interesting. Um. But yeah, overall, I mean, I enjoyed myself. I I'm, I struggle a little bit to remember certain. I remember the basic plots and the historical stuff around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I kind of been viewing High Republic. Like, I'm view, I'm in this for the history. I'm in it for like, yeah. how does this all uh, uh, inform Star Wars mythological made up history? <laughs> um, and like as we eventually get yes. to the one day of Phantom Menace. Um, in a, in a sense um so yeah that that was interesting and cool and you know i mean i do think also because i, I want to mistake this now because i might forget um yeah don't 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 read this without reading past deceit and um convergence yeah. yeah those are must reads at this point they, you can't skip them you can't skip them. you have to read them you can skip hidden city there was nothing from hidden city i remember yeah. being super vile so um and i didn't need the comics to understand Jetta <laughs> as well so uh i felt it was also you know just those two books are mm-hmm. must reads uh to get this to get the kind of the fullest picture of this audio play um but yeah i i felt like you know we entered another phase of the the way phase and um mm-hmm. onto wave two i guess as they say so yeah overall liked it i had fun yeah i again yeah, i enjoyed it too quite a, quite a bit i had just finished reading convergence on the heels of it so it honestly felt like i was watch i was binge watching a show because uh everything you know including path of deceit but really everything about uh arab and arano arab and arano really coming to a head mm-hmm. in this is sort of the series finale of the series that is convergence it was uh really well put together really well brought together even though they're different authors writing all this these different stories um yeah that that you know, especially you have the I mean everyone with Armanero, but even the newer characters, right? With Creighton and Ada and um Salandra is new ish because I haven't 
read uh, I've only read half of Quest for the Hidden City, so uh, Solyndra is kind of new. And I guess Solyndra isn't really in that all that much. Uh, maybe she is. I don't know. Um, I'll have to read it again. I'm going to read it again because I don't Poor quite Gala. remember. Yeah. She gets like a cameo. Gala like... gets a cameo, which is too bad. Gala is awesome. But uh, hopefully we see what she's been up to during this Battle of Jedi. But it's also, I think it worked that uh, they let Creighton and Ada and Solandra come to the fore in this. Um, I will say, but again, it, yeah, everything uh, from Convergence really flowing in the story that I was already, uh, uh, what's the word, already hooked on, already committed to, invested in. Mm-hmm. They, they really, George Mann was able to really pull that out very well. So, uh, great job there. Um, in terms of, yeah, like you said, it not being a standalone story, I think they've given up on the whole you don't have to read everything thing yeah. uh to some extent right like you said you don't really have to read the comics although the issue number four of the higher public comic that i mentioned at the top that really does tie in that does have a a very important point of contextualizing the the moment where um uh, the herald stands up and incites everyone to a riot we see the scene just before that in the convocation chamber and uh yeah so check out my tractor beam i'll probably repeat what i said there but um yeah i, I go into that more in the tractor beam so you know a little shout out to myself there but anyway um yeah so you should at least know what happens in path of deceit and convergence I mean, here's the thing is maybe this is another question, an unanswerable question. I don't know. Do you, is it, is it enough to just read the Wikipedia article for the plot summary or whatever? I obviously would think, oh no, you gotta, if you really want to know what the characters are going through, because I will say Path of Deceit and Convergence have some pretty profound character development that this, this, this audio play, this story, you're right. It doesn't, isn't so much of a character story it is more of a history story if you will but because there's so many characters and you know that kind of leads to the second question so good if you want to jump i would say the mother and marta very much i felt invested because i read path of deceit yeah Um, a little bit of convergence but mostly path of deceit um Everyone else, no. I mean, Convergence definitely helped get the historical uh, aspect of the context of like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on with this war. Like, oh, this is why everyone's kind of yeah. on it. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. And the air is like, okay, I know who these are. Um, character-wise, I mean, I Convergence was a bit more character-driven, but not as much as Passive Deceit, <laughs> at least for me, except for actual Greylark, but he's not in this story. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sadly. Um so with the other characters, I was like, oh, I mean, I don't think I needed that much context for them. I kind of just, okay, they're following. They're just kind of living in the moment. But the mother and Marta are kind of the two who are very much like, oh, yeah, these are kind of the two. You got to you gotta really, I've been following since day one of this of this wave. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's funny. Um, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm rereading Rising Storm finally for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in like 12. 13, 15 chapters in. Um, I like it more than Light of Jedi. I think it's a much more tighter narrative that really blows yeah. forward. Um, strangely, though, I feel like I don't didn't need to read Test of Courage. Um, I didn't I haven't read it out of the shadows, so I wouldn't know. But 
I feel like that that stuff with the Drengear is not really factoring in like in the same way mm-hmm. as the Seed and Convergence are leading into Battle of Dredda. So kind of interesting, like with phase one so far, I feel like with the first two novels you can kind of read and then the other stuff you can skip. And even with Out of the Shadows, I remember reading you know, like I didn't feel like I missed that much mm. with just oh the the, the fair with attack oh dear um and then <laughs> the new Vern's story um with what he's up to with the Nile so um that's just interesting how these things are being ordered in the moment yeah. that's just that's just my experience yeah um just a good point in terms of the mother and Marta especially in Path of Deceit having the most meat on the bone in terms of um <coughs> sorry not so much of character change although with Marta definitely growing into her leadership role the mother at the very least seeing more layers to her and we'll get we'll get to her in a little in a little bit uh obviously because anytime we're going to talk about the the path of the open hand whenever we talk about high republic phase two because they're the most compelling thing about phase two and Mm -hmm. and, uh, i think we both agree on that um the first uh, i'll say you know the audio drama format so uh Creighton and Creighton. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, two characters coming from two different uh, things. So Creighton, of course, is, is a main character in this. Creighton from the Enlightenment short stories, also by George Mann, an insider. Uh, Creighton being the, the owner and proprietor of Enlightenment. He talks in the third person. Creighton being the master, uh, Jedi master, who has to babysit uh, Ambassador Syrox. And he speaks in very dated, well-met language, uh, very much telling telling us this is an earlier time. Um, Joel, did you think it was clear to tell who was who, who's talking, what's happening? Um, yes and no. At the same time, I'm terrible with names in general, so that's not that's not a strong suit. And these aren't like the Doctor Who audio dramas from Big Finish, where it's like. Okay, that's Paul McGann, so that's the Eight Doctor. Terry Malloy, that's Davros. So I know who these guys are just by their voices alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so iconic. Um, or it's like when you're listening to like the uh, you know one of the, the ones with Luke and like okay, you know like you know like okay, he's doing a Vader impression. So that's Vader. That's the Emperor. True. Um, that's Kylo. That's Ray. You know, it's like kind of a, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to tell who was who in terms of like the voices were different enough. Like, okay, that's the lady Jedi who's kind of helping the mother. That's the mother, um, Marta. That's Marta. She kind of got mm-hmm. that sweetness to her, but also like, oh, she probably can kill me. Um, right. Um, you know, there was just some random funny voices as well, which I kind of never, which I didn't necessarily pick up on. Like, oh, that's like the bad guy, another bad guy, the mm-hmm. ambassador. I thought the ambassador could have used a bit more. Like some, there were some where it's like rocks or the the Arony ambassador. Uh, the Arono ambassador. The who are his name? I'm forgetting. <laughs> and you felt like, oh, you're just kind of doing an American voice. You're not really uh, playing with it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was less, like lost, lost. But it's like my my own badness was remembering people's original characters' names and yeah. sort of like, uh, it's like, oh, like who's this again? Uh, but it's like some characters I, I remembered quite well mm-hmm. and others. Yeah. I, and I think what they did a really great job with, what George Mann did a really great job with, is pairing people up oh, with yeah. uh, the characters. So you have Creighton and Syrox. You have Solandra and the mother. Yeah, it's Solandra and Creighton at some point, and Creighton and Ada. But it's very clear what's going on and, and does a good job of very, like, immediately in the, the, the first 
half minute, first 10 seconds of each scene, who's mm-hmm. talking to who and have them named, even if that necessarily isn't the most natural thing to happen in a conversation, this is a different kind of medium, right? This isn't even a play or a film where you can at least see what's happening, see who it is. Yeah, we're, we're all new to these characters and new to these voices, especially, even if we're not even new to the characters, we're new to the voices. Uh, we'd never heard the mother. We'd never heard Marta before. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really effective. And then another thing I thought that was interesting was they had moments where, you know, Creighton and Salandra would go for a stroll, like walk mm-hmm. with me. And uh, it, it really, it, you know, it could have been all just uh, static. They're just standing there talking. And that would have been fine for the plot. But if you're picturing them in your head walking, they're going for a walk. They have the sound effects of the footsteps, things like that. It just, it just helps with the pacing and the, the dynamism and the movement city life. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're going through Jedi, you know, walking through. And um, so as a medium, uh, I thought it was pretty successful. Uh, I'm trying to think of how it ranks with the other ones. Um, I haven't listened to the other ones, unfortunately. Okay, I really yeah. want to give Dooku Jedi Lost the chance, Nick, because really... like, because it's like, okay, here are familiar characters that I know. I know who <laughs> Dooku and Ventures are, so it's like I can like you know pick out. Okay, this is this is this is yeah. either full on Chris, someone doing a Christopher Lee or a young Christopher Lee with Kid Dooku, and obviously you know Yoda's gonna sound like Yoda. Yeah. Um. So I'll be very curious how stuff with more uh, screen established characters work compared to like. When we're, these are just book characters first. Yeah, that's true. It was definitely an advantage. Duke of Lost is definitely has an advantage on uh, on on uh, on uh, Battle of Jedi on in that score. So yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of things, I'm trying to get my flow here. Yeah, so I talked back about continuing from Convergence and having just read uh, the end, the hopefully supposed end of this war this forever war that you know convergence ends uh not quite on a cliffhanger it ends on the wedding but not the treaty yet they save that for the battle of jedi <laughs> and of course kaboom and then kaboom it keeps uh it keeps escalating keeps getting interrupted uh and then the full on, there's a full on war and uh one of the things that really struck me in convergence that I mentioned brought up, uh, made a whole point about talking about with, with that book is, is the narratives is the comedic narratives between Aram and Arano and how by narratives, meaning we're the innocent party, they're the aggressor. And we saw largely for what well, we saw from both sides in that one, uh, especially in, 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 in starting convergence in battle of Jedi, we especially hear it very detailed and very detailed, very impassioned, uh, away from a master Syrox of Irem and her distrust of the irony is incredibly pitched, incredibly well written. You have Creighton as this foil trying to be um, be more impartial, really trying to rein people in and say, No, um, let, let's actually have cooler heads here, let's serve the cause of peace. And you have Ambassador Syrox, really, even when the other ambassador gets, gets blown up. <laughs> uh, she still isn't able to trust anybody but her own her own background and her own what she's been told from birth really is 
the only people who are right are, are Iram and the only people who are victims are Iram and Aaron, Aaron Ola, the only aggressors and then everyone else is kind of useless and uh, so she ends up leading this battle <laughs> as an ambassador which I guess makes sense I guess they, they explain it in that here are uh, military leaders transitioned into diplom diplomats because there weren't any diplomats because they were at war for so long it felt like five years but they were on a war footing for it feels like generations right right so it was, it's kind of odd that an ambassador leading the battle but it as best as we could be done in this medium it really the the you know Sirox wasn't going to come out to say i have this narrative where i believe i am the victim and i they are the aggressor really showed it i I don't trust Aaron. They're going to attack. They're going to be the aggressor. Uh, we have to defend ourselves. All that. Uh, we have to take a... No, not even... She doesn't even say we have to take preemptive strike. She just goes and takes a preemptive strike. And um, so even in this audio-only medium, it's shown rather than being told. Even though I don't mind being told sometimes, it is a more compelling, gripping story uh so i mean what did you think of the way this the battle of jetta continues convergence and exploration of competing narratives between iron and arano specifically but overall and and ambassador Sirox as a character oh yeah i mean arano right now they're they're kind of not in best light aren't they he's kind of a gun ho let's screw the future royals we'll overthrow them in a coup yeah. if we have to um kind of a thing. I, I like that quite a lot. Do we know if those plants are still in at war by the time of the original trilogy? or Well, by the time of Phase 1, I think they're back at war. <laughs> um, you know, that's what Starlight Beacon is doing there when uh, this is a, in Fallen Star. You know, Starlight Beacon there in... Spoiler alert, if you don't know what happens in Fallen Star, Joel, I'm going to spoil this for you. You know anyway. It crashes on Ira. You know, that's, where, that's where it falls. And because it's they're they're there to try and instead of having people go to Jeddah, it the Jeddah comes to or Coruscant comes to Aram and Arano to try and be a place where to to mediate this peace. Mm -hmm. So um it'd be yeah, funny it's still going. It'd be funny because like if by the I, I would almost like you can almost do like a story. I feel like they did there's something like this in Legend with a different planet where it's like mm -hmm. eventually the Empire shows up. And then it's like, well, our petty problems aren't when these two Star Destroyers come in and it's like, just start bombarding both of yeah. us. Like, Palpatine's like, we hate you equally. We will oppress you equally. We want we your resources equally, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be at war with each other. We got bigger enemies to fry in this evil. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I liked it quite a lot. And, um, you know, I think it's an interesting continuation. Just like, how it will lead into, if not passive, path of vengeance, path and of cataclysm, path of vengeance, and probably cataclysm. My my bet, um, mm -hmm. in terms of where that story plot, you know, where it lines up. Yeah, because they, they're at this point they're intractable. They're they're convinced mm -hmm. that they're right and that their enemy is wrong. It, you make an it's a really interesting point. The question about during the at least during Order 66, or by the time of the late Republic, um, this this really shows how 
it's much smaller the reach of the republic is because there's these all these planets it's just an example of planets who are kind of on the fringe free to have their their little little spots and really entrench them over generations without much involvement much influence in the wider galaxy much without even the sense that there are bigger fish to fry in the wider galaxy uh bigger opportunities ways forward they are able to get caught in these the smaller conflict yeah because the republic is over there i mean it, it's kind of what's happening in the mandoverse a little bit how the republic is just over there on chandrilla in this case the republic is just over there on uh on coruscant and yeah there is contact but it, it's spotty <laughs> like we said with communication it's still kind of spotty in this time period yeah that's that's a great question a uh, great point yeah so um it's um, so good oh no i was just gonna move to a, a point i i wanted to talk about because i don't think it was in the notes but something i've been interested in yeah. is um all the religions on Jeddah, man and um interesting that dark side religions are allowed too and it's like like i wonder what the differences are between like well, okay you're technically a dark side religion so what makes you different from sith like um you know like <laughs> obviously you know why why weren't you allowed the cool cool boy <laughs> with the jedi like you know with yeah. this like um i mean i'm sure the jedi I mean, aren't happy about it <laughs> i'm sure but you know like and i also you know mm-hmm. uh i might be skipping around to the comic but we can talk about this in depth later um like yeah. that religious council where everyone's allowed more the or less i kind of yeah. you think it'd be funny if if the sis had a seat on that council <laughs> and it's like oh we can <clears throat> we're totally gonna abuse this when we want to for diplomatic reasons interesting like, yeah. you say that um well well get to that when it comes to the path uh trying to get a seat on the council good luck good luck um but they were yeah, granted speaking... rank a master yeah <laughs> yeah there we go um i just want to get to you know, competing narratives uh there's there's a point in the, the climax of the story those competing narratives are shooting at each other <laughs> and um in you know this is the climax the jedi come in they pull kylo ren the beginning of Force Awakens, where they stop the blaster bolt. Interesting notes with with uh, Kyler, and just a thought on the side. More stuff with the Sentecas and the graphs and pulling their their hijinks and all that. Anyway, uh, pull they all collectively pull a Kyler and stop all the blaster bolts, and in comes Creighton's son. And here's my hot take with this: is he gives a speech, calling for peace, calling for getting cooler heads, calling for the people of Iram and Arano and, and the people of Jeddah to be more, to be better, uh, be more than, than what they've let themselves be and become. And, you know, this of course comes out a few months after and, or, and you have Luthen's speech, you have Kino's speech, you have Marva's speech, very different contexts, right? The uh, Creighton is calling for peace while in Andor, they're calling for no more peace. Peace is done. Um, you got to take it to the empire, but uh, the quality of the speech, the quality of the writing uh, by George Mann in this is up there. That's my, my hot take is it's as inspiring. It's as emboldening for something that I think we can all connect to more deeply. Something I forgot to mention off the top here or, or something we can connect to more literally. Cause I don't know how many of us are in a circumstance where we're, well, I'll, I'll be careful. I won't go there, what I was going to say. But uh, in a circumstance where um, 
the you know we're we're in a prison or we're in in a town being overrun by imperial forces or uh we're we're rebels trying to decide whether or not to compromise but we all see conflicts every day and um the the powers of greed and self-interest pitching people to fight against each other just raising these narratives that they know aren't true and um so you know to my mind the the speech really holds up next to stands next to luthan's kinos and marva's i don't know if everyone else feels that way but that's my take on that um what do you think specifically about creighton and that moment and that speech uh if you, if you Great, don't to... remember the speech part but i do remember the the moment where they're holding back the blasters and i thought that was sort of cool it's like oh dang this is this is like probably what people think about when they think about jedi legends is like two mm-hmm. armies going up against each other but then here come the jedi and they're like oh, yeah and then it's like the that's like that to me is like mystic right there that's like what people man can think of jedi as a kid that's probably what he's thinking about true you know and also it's cool kylo ren force power that was <laughs> yeah. new hope it's like cool to see that power kind of come back um in other mm-hmm. things as well um just you know she's gonna stop the blaster just hold it hold it although they <laughs> yeah. have to let go and the blaster gonna just start swinging around so everyone's yeah. duck um yeah but uh you know um but yeah i thought that was a cool i thought that was just generally a cool moment overall just kind of mm-hmm. what the jedi are can do kind of what they're most mystic yeah it it's it's not just the speech it's it's the symbol of them, I mean, the thing we'll talk about the path in a second. The Jedi using the force very actively for good and for peace building to give a chance to actually hear reason and hear uh, the possibility for something greater and something new. Um, you know, it's almost kind of symbolically similar to to Moses and the, the Red Sea and just holding things back to letting people walk through. It's uh, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting just to see. I'd love to see artwork of that. Hopefully, maybe in the making of or in some artwork because it's such a point visual symbol that we hear. We only get to hear it. Um, but yeah, uh, all that moment, yeah, really hold again, holds up as the climax of the story. And it's what you want is the climax to be such a poignant, important moment. And uh, again, you know, an example of a very activist Jedi. and. Mm-hmm. You think about phase one and the, the debate that keeps raging in phase one of are the Jedi going to step out and confront the Nihil threat head on and uh, be present with people throughout the galaxy where they're needed or are they going to fall back in fear and retreat to the temple maybe for peaceable reasons for reasons that they say are being are saying we can't fight a war for you um, but uh, retreating in safety to the point where, you know, I mean, this is where we get to, uh, you know, they get to the late Republic. And I mean, they do fight the war, but they fight the war, they hide behind the clone army, they hide behind the Republic. They're doing it because the Republic tells them to, and, and not because they discern that that's actually what's best for the galaxy. And so, yeah, the, this, so if phase one was kind of a before picture, this is really a before picture of. Yeah, like you said, these are the myths. These are the legends. This is what the Jedi could be out in the galaxy. It, it brings up the whole question of Rwanda. Um, just thinking about this now, you know, 
was it was a Burundi, and the the it's conflict. A bunch. Of, it's, there you could, there you could, one genocide, you know, it's all. Yeah, but the question of UN peacekeepers and how. Um, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, because they, they sat on the sidelines mm-hmm. and not actually engaging being peacemakers. Uh, but also you need the World Health Organization. You need the uh, the glo- global financial system to actually be be gratuitous and gracious. Think, you know, in terms of being willing to give as opposed to just being a matter of debt and, and uh, what people owe and how you can right. make, you know, people can cash in. You need all these institutions, not just institutions, but NGOs and organizations to be active and present in developing these societies. And, and yet we allow conflict to fester because that's just the way the world is. And, and kind of hide behind uh, the safety of, and I don't want. I'm not advocating people being put in danger necessarily, but uh, you know, hiding behind the the excuse of this is just the way it is, the way it has been. That's the Jedi of the late Republic. I mean, I'm sure the, the Jedi, Jedi grapple with the you know what is peacekeeping, and then what becomes just imperialism. Like, uh, yes, the British went question. to Canada to you know. Develop and peacekeep those uh, those people. And sure, that is now, a great point. <laughs> now we're all here. Well, not North America do. So yeah, no, that is a great we're point all. too. And but I mean, I'd say someone like Qui Gon, for example, is constantly figuring sorting this out. But he's just one. Here is Creighton taking the lead on it, and uh, yeah, profound, profound moment. Um, I'd be curious to hear what George Mann thinks about that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the questions maybe for the whole. Loom, team luminous is mm-hmm. you know what is what is the before picture that you're you're showing um i think i'm right but the before and the after picture so uh that if you have any more thoughts on on the jedi and creighton speech and all that moment nope i liked it i remember i don't remember the speech sadly but i do remember the action yeah. so that was right. definitely i kind of want to go back and be all yeah that's what all right uh one last little bit before we move on um yeah, we got to talk about the path. Uh, so, okay. in it's, uh, I'm blanking on. So, George Mann and Kevin Scott have had plotting geekery. Uh, I don't think they really, I don't know what it does anymore if they're doing anything anymore. But I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, they had a, uh, a, a, a YouTube chat. And I think, Kevin, I was asking, no, I wasn't asking any kind of spoilery questions about High Republic. But, you know, Kevin was probably in danger of that. I don't know. Of, of being asked too many questions but anyway they had a really neat chat going on and i kind of chime in george man and kevin scott are, are are good friends and they they collaborate really well and so when kevin is of course writing uh the higher public comic on jedi it's leading to this moment with the convocation and the the uh the herald going to the convocation and saying uh we want a seat at the table. We want you to all stop what you're doing with the whole force thing and try us out because we're right and you're wrong, darn it. That, and that's it. There's, there's no proof. There's no reason. There's no dialogue, no debate. It's we're right and you're wrong. Um, and we're not going to actually listen to any sort of uh, conversation about this. And yeah, it, it really contextualizes the moment that we get. We get both in the comic and in battle of jedi of the herald then goes out 
says, okay, that's it. Uh, they rejected us. We're going to incite this riot. And um, yeah, it, it, it's so frustrating, but it's, I mean, it's so well done, so well written. You know, talk about competing narratives. You get inside their head uh, with the path here, especially in, in this in Battle of Jedi. You get inside the Herald's head. You get inside the mother's head a little bit in her dialogue with Solandra. And then, yeah, Marta uh, really steps up and she knows what to do in this in these situations. And so really impressed with her, scared <laughs> what mm. she becomes. Uh, we know who her great, great, great grandson is and how, what he becomes. Um, so, yeah, uh, but yeah, talk about talk about the path in this. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's like I remember the, when the kid gave the Jedi a flower and then, you know, like poor thing cried her little eyes out when she yeah. found it with the jedi like oh uh you know martyr with the kitties just going mm-hmm. around and then got the mother with the leveler like what, what's she doing man it's yeah. creepy like what, what what's that leveler you gotta do with all this and yeah obviously later down the line i well, i want oh, sorry, i just want to say it's aptly named in their minds it's leveling the playing field and leveling the balance of the force it's taking out those who would abuse the force and so creating the level, that's why it's called the leveler. But right. uh, it, it's not its not level in the playing field. I hate to break it to you guys. Um, that's the thing. I'm curious. One last thing I'll say is I'm curious to hear and see who after this is really pro-path after phase two, is really pro-path, or even after wave one, um, really sympathetic and think they're actually the good guys. And, you know, I don't want to debate with them, but I don't think that's the direction we're being led on. Uh, but, you know, there's some things that are sympathetic. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Especially about the mother and Marta in this. I know you want to dive into them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the mother is all about making this chaos. I'm just kind of curious what, where she comes from and what her end game is at this point. Like, what, what is end game for her at this point? Um, you know, Marta, you know, she's a true believer. So she probably thinks, oh, I can do what right regardless. Um, I don't know, like, to be fair, she doesn't know everything that the mother's doing, so True. it's kind of interesting, like, what happens when she kind of finds out, is she gonna kind of go in, like, a denial mode, or is she kind of, yeah. like, realize, hey, we shouldn't be doing this, yeah. but then when I'm in charge, we're gonna do something else, and we're gonna be even crazier, so, but, yeah. because I'm right, and I'm crazy, like, the mother, in a weird way, I feel like, is honestly the more level-headed, because I think she kind of sees, yeah. it, sees this as somewhat of a con, well, uh, you know, Marta is just like, oh, this is totally right. I'm totally believing that. That makes her scarier, yeah. In in a, in a way, um, so it just I... makes me kind of wonder where Marcion will fit into this, like, because he's <laughs> kind of got a mix of both. He seems like kind of a con artist who's like, I'm doing this really for no real ideological reason, <laughs> but <laughs> like, I kind of wonder what his goals are too with the Nile. And it's like, how do you go yeah. from these weird wackos to just, oh, we're all con artists? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. There's almost this third thing with Markian because, yeah, like you said, the mother, she's a, a con artist. I think she can be persuaded that it isn't worth it anymore. I think there could be, come a point, and this is my speculation for phase two, how uh, phase two comes to an end. She can be persuaded it's not worth it anymore. She says, okay, we're, we're done, we're defeated. And Marta says, "Hell no, <laughs> I'm I'm holding ground to the point where possibly even even killing 
the mother saying you're a traitor to the cause and it's going to be this interesting parallel i think to maybe what happens with keeve in a way because keeve keeve trying to she's going to be all the jedi are are stuck and entrenched in it's not worth the fight hell no i'm going to leave and i'm going to actually seek to be more activist and keeve is going to be more of a hero marta is going to be so radicalized into being a villain because she feels betrayed by the mother. That's my speculation, but um, huh? yeah, it's possible. I mean, or, or I could be wrong about the mother being persuaded. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, though it's a good point that, that she's more, more level head. And then Marky and yeah, like you said, the third thing of um, yeah, he, it, it's entirely, it's not just a con, but, he he's full full blown narcissism in him yeah. and, and full you know like the mother I don't think it's a narcissist and Marta she's a zealot she's not a narcissist at all I mean she, the way she is with kids the way she is with the path Markian uh, unlike great great grandma he he's all about Markian and the the know. mother I feel like you could all like then I put it this way. I feel like you could bribe the mother out of doing whatever she wants yeah. to do eventually. Like, uh, give her a nice mansion in the in the vacation plan from Andor, and you'll be good in yeah. in space, Florida. And then you'll be yeah. like, okay, well, space I'm giving man. up. All right, that'd be funny well, if it actually was. Eh? <laughs> um, and then you know, Mara, yeah. like, she's gonna, she's a zealot, so it's like, no, she will live in the mud and keep yeah. doing this until she blows up. Essentially, both either of his um, metaphorically or not. Yeah. I mean that could be the the thing that the you know the the three the the gentle wavy lines on their forehead turn into lightning strikes. Mm-hmm. I mean that's she could be a, this radicalization that could be Marta who does that. Who knows? Um, yeah, leading into that. So yeah, I that I think that covers everything. We didn't get into necessarily to the plot too much, but I thought it was pretty well paced. Do you have any any kind of final thoughts just overall on? High Republic Battle of Jedi. No, I liked it. I thought it was a good culmination of the la- of the of the previous two big books. Um, mm-hmm. Hidden City, not so much. But I actually got this through Hidden City before I read Battle of Jedi. Yeah. I wanted to experiment and see, like, oh, is it all? How much of this is all kind of uh, you know necessary? It's like, okay, well, okay. So the middle grade books so far, not needed to read them at all. Um, uh, you know, um, there was that. Um, it's kind of kind of interesting right now. It's like I feel like phase two, adult, young adult are kind of necessary, and the middle grade books not. Um, with uh, with uh, with phase one, mm-hmm. really, I think it's just the authors switching up their their novels, sure. but they're continuing their storylines in just different phases of novels. Where, Current story starts in a middle grade novel, then goes to mm-hmm. young adult, then middle grade again. Um, all the adult authors kind of just tell the, the broad strokes. Still have trouble with the fact that the phase of phase one kind of really ends with a comic and yeah. something big kind of happens. And I don't necessarily know if that was going to be intentional, but seems a little weird. So you should end your trilogy of books in a book. Just, just yeah. uh, you're going to have something big like that happen. Then the Drang Gear mm-hmm. plot line starts in the book, then goes to the comics. Yeah. So it's a little little weird, kind of how it's all plotted out a little bit. Uh mm-hmm. different threads. But yeah, um phase two seems a little more streamlined in that regard. So yeah, uh Battle of Jetta had fun. Can't wait for Path of Vengeance and really see where the mother and Mara are going 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I'll, I'll say, yeah, the, the overplot. Should I say what I was going to get at here? Yeah, well, so interesting thing. Interestingly, you know, they talk about the Drangir and how they, yeah, the only thing the Drangir do is give Reef Silas some character and give Keith Trennis some character. That's really all they do. Uh, this in phase two, there isn't really any kind of equivalent. I guess it's kind of the dank Grax that Sav Maligan is is facing with Hi- in High Republic Adventures. That's such an odd on the side story. Um, maybe everything with Quest for Hidden City will play into more. But I mean, also to say things don't have to play into them more. It's only with uh, yeah the the young adult and adult novels that come to a head with the Battle of Jeddah. So we'll see. I do think the comic Captain Scott's Marvel comics are are pretty important for uh, yeah just setting the overall sense of where the Jedi are in the galaxy. Because that, that one really leans into the Jedi are not the only show in town. <laughs> They're just one among many, especially with Jedi. And so that then leads to this contextualization of that scene with the Herald. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do think everything is holding together a lot more a lot more tightly than in Phase 1. That's why I'm loving Phase 2 actually more, as I thought I would. But yeah, uh, the Battle of Jedi really brings things together nicely and in an exciting way that yeah i'm also then opens up for new things in uh in wave two of uh high republic phase two which uh starts april 4th i did i did the math i did the spreadsheet so we still have uh, a few more comics to go like two months of comics to go we don't have any more major novels but yeah that's all that's left in in wave one so um yeah looking forward to the aftermath of all of this and, and yeah there's obviously these loose threads that need to be picked up so uh they're doing great uh this is a great middle midpoint for for phase two i'll put it that way so enjoying it loving it okay before we move on um one thing i did want to mention off the top that i forgot to mention it is martin luther king day here in north america and all over the world and um okay. i mean star wars has always been political star wars has always been about speaking truthfully and so we want to i just want to acknowledge that um there you know there's a time to say uncomfortable truths like well like marva and like kino specifically and so that's why i was gonna make some connection there but no uh it, we need to actually acknowledge the 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 prophetic thrust of martin luther king jr and yeah, the, the importance and and, the, and how Star Wars does pick up on on those themes more in the when, when it is time to oppose and time to resist. You know, it's easier for for us to say, but um, yeah, I mean the the connection maybe to Creighton is is always in the call to do better and be better. Uh, Honestly, and, I think the best the call to Mar- love. I think sure. the best Martin Luther King uh, allegory person of Star Wars last year was uh not Marta Rowe, but uh. Marva Andor, I feel yeah. like she was the one. Fight the Empire. I think that's to me was speaking some hard truth there. Um, yeah, I love that speech. That's yeah. one of my favorite speeches. Yeah. Um, Entirely agree. So, mm-hmm. all right, uh, Joel, I got a question for you. Uh, what, yeah. what year is it? What day is it? Uh, what it time is, is it? Is let me get like January sixteenth, two thousand twenty-three. So, when did we start this thing? 
Oh man, I don't remember anymore. No, that's um, a specific day, but what month? What month to be started? Definitely in January. I think January, to start 2022. Uh, yeah, take it away. Yeah, <laughs> woo! One year, a whole year. We are one years old. We are no longer an infant. Well, we're still an infant. <laughs> yeah, we're now mm-hmm. longer that perpetual zero. No. Um, dang! I remember when we started our pilot. Um, they said that we had the best pilot of the original uh, pilots <laughs> for different podcast ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, like I think uh, the idea was, you know, if we think Dominic Dominic Jones out there for pairing us because you wanted to do a podcast i've been trying to do a star wars podcast for a long time never had the resources to do it um and now here we are oh man this is what a ride what an evolution um i think our first topic was just about canon in general um as we are called mm-hmm. my own canon um yeah you know this has just been quite a journey for the you and me and i've loved every second of it but um you know, uh, I guess the first question I'll ask you, Matthew, um, as we are called Ion Cannon, mm-hmm. is as we've done this podcast and really analyzed Cannon, put it through the ringer, put it through the fire, put it through the magnifying glass. <laughs> um, how is your methodology on um, Cannon, the, 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 the word Cannon, the, the themes of Cannon, Star Wars Cannon evolved over the last year as we've done this and really deep dive mm-hmm. into just all of this? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, it's fascinating to see just how I started off being very rigid and very much defensive over the question of, oh, they're going to retcon this or they're going to ignore that or whatever. And, you know, I, I was already coming, I think, from a bit more of a flexible place where details didn't matter as long as story was there. But I've come to a far more realistic place over over the last year even even a few months in i think i was starting to come to a place where uh i mean i still love it when things connect uh i i will you know if when we see some sort of real effort on the part of of a, a screen creative to connect things leslie headland please do this uh it'll blow my mind I, I i will immediately love that show more than anything else but that being said, I have a renewed appreciation for, yes, creative freedom on the part of, uh, uh, on the part of screen creatives. We'll say this: a renewed appreciation for the way that um, screen and paper haven't really. They, they've Lucasfilm has been wise to just not really broach the question, make the pro, make it a problem, make it a PR fan service headache that it needs to be it doesn't need to be a thing by by keeping things in their lane and mm-hmm. having high republic over here and having you know shadow of the sith do its thing and and um you know shadow of the sith and it just in the last year uh, as we've done this podcast the, that movie and or that that novel and brotherhood and uh prince and the scoundrel have all come out all of them addressing films that have have come out in years previous of course shadow of the sith with rise of skywalker uh, and force awakens but you know princess and the scoundrel that deals mostly with the return of the jedi and of course padawan deals with the the prequel trilogy and so um you know, it is in that space a little bit uh you know not really making it a bit of a problem 
it has made me love High Republic even more. I will say this because, you know, the creative freedom for screen creatives and for those who writing standalone novels, if you will, is to explore your own thing, explore your own path. The creative freedom for High Republic, for the the uh, the Kira Crimson Dawn saga, I'd say the creative freedom is the freedom to explore connections and explore connectivity and the way things hold together. Make your like, own era. <laughs> yeah, like we were just talking about with with uh, the Battle of Jeddah and the way it so wonderfully connects with Path of Deceit and Convergence. You know, that's something that Star Wars stories don't necessarily do cross medium right this is a different medium this is an audio play uh you know there are comic books paper of course we're always is always going to hold together more screen is going to hold together more with itself and appreciating that uh is also something that it's nice that they're not worrying about that so yeah i mean i'll say this it's made me be more realistic about the connections between screen and paper it's been maybe more appreciative of the connections within, sorry, within screen and paper. Um, and yeah, saying, okay. I mean, and, and I've kind of answered the question in terms of canon, in terms of connection. It's also said, it's let me be free and say, it will be hella fun if Sabe showed up in, in Andor, right? Because why not oh, just, yeah. just throw that out there without having any kind of need for it to happen, any kind of realistic expectation that it happened. But just fun. One last thing I'll say, and this uh, actually I'll, I'll I'll say that for for a little down, but for the down. But I it has also gotten me thinking about the ways that paper stories give me a different emotional response to screen stories, and I'll explain that a little more further down. Ooh, that's always fun because I always have always lots of opinions on that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I've always sort of been very. I think kind of always realistic on these sorts of things, even going back to legends where it's like, you know, you had the 2003, uh, you know, multimedia stuff with the comics, kind of books, kind of detailing the clone wars and, you know, like kind of a characterization example, you know, general Grievous, you know, he was like this monster. like when general Grievous showed up, like, Oh shoot, you know, you know, he killed off, you know, council members. And, you know, he was a, was pretty bad dude he didn't run away and then everyone says it's like nope grievous always runs away he's a coward because that's what george lucas wants from from his mm-hmm. general grievous and then you got the 08 series which i love but you know at the same time it's like there it contradicted a lot of details in that in the clone wars era mm-hmm. um and then obviously you know we can go back even further just to the prequels themselves where it's like they don't match the clone wars don't match up with anything the thrawn trilogy set up in terms of what the clones were 1990 um so (laughs) you know um yeah i I think they've done a really good job of keeping everything in its lane but also staying true a lot to keeping it as consistent as possible in a grand sense you know we got um nur in obi-wan Cobb vance in mando um you know, Andor's got all the little references to things, so that's always been uh, fun as well. Um, I just so... want to jump in one more thing, then. Yeah. Uh, just because part of where I'm going to go, this is what I answered kind of the favorite discussion episode moment, but okay. um, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll, we'll save it for, for the order you, you've set up, but okay. um, one of the ways that paper 
really influences screen is the way for it to test out themes, right? Mm -hmm. To test out storylines, story ideas that then maybe come back in screen. Um, so the example that does come to mind is uh, at the end of the the Kieran Gillen Darth Vader run, where <laughs> there's that's the moment we see. This is in 2017, early 2017, I believe, or maybe late 2016, whenever that came out. Um, Anakin Skywalker is dead. I killed him. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in Kenobi, we see Anakin Skywalker is dead. I killed him. Then working with that theme, um, working with that idea that we then see on screen. So, uh, Rebels, yeah, too. yeah, and Rebels, you know, with with, with Ahsoka and the 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 gash and the 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 helmet break. And there's been three, no, been three helmet breaks. One of them takes place in a comic book with Sabe, with mm-hmm. Padme's handmaiden. So, and I'll I'll just add, you know. Back in 2015, Ben Silver's dead. I destroyed him. Um, yeah. So that, exactly. there we go. Um, uh, so yeah, um, they they've done that. Um, and yeah, they they've done a good job of like with with the exception of like the Ahsoka story, not really contradicting plots or retelling plots too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cobb Vance thing is like Cobb Vance and Ahsoka, kind of the exceptions, but even then, it's like oh, you know, pretty close enough, close enough, yeah. and it's sort of like. Why is Wikipedia trying to say that Baylor gonna recruit Ahsoka twice? I don't know. I, yeah. I think you're, I think you're. I think Wikipedia is trying a little too hard. It's too high. Too hard. We love the look. We love you, work. Please. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. But yeah, there's not really a need to, and that's that's what I meant. Be more realistic. Is mm-hmm. yeah, with the Ahsoka novel. I mean, that's another thing. You know, uh, coming up with uh, getting ahead of myself because some of my favorite discussions touched on this. I'm gonna hold off. Well, uh, uh, I'm gonna get why... to the. How about we get to the next point and then we can get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. discussion? Yeah, because so, there's there's two of um, my favorites. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so you know, this year in particular, and last year for me, this gets mm-hmm. my next point, is the kind of uh, the completionist versus picking and choosing. And I'm I'm trying to now be an advocate of more being on the picking and choosing side. Yeah. Um, not that you know, I, mean, I think we're probably gonna still read a bunch of it because that's what we do with our job and but <laughs> well, not our job, but at our passion and I yeah. we enjoy it mostly. So um but especially mm-hmm. with the TV side, but even books as well, you know, you have so many different types of stories being told. And you know, it's like I could I could watch them all, but it's like I feel like I'm just forcing myself to like them in a right. sense. I mean, like I do like the High Republic, which is why I keep reading it. Um, like mm-hmm. if I was like against another Vader comic, which I said earlier, you know, uh, why am I buying it? Like I'm, <laughs> done with Vader. I'm tired True. of Vader comics. I'm not going to yeah. buy them. Like if you or you just don't like the direction overall that the comics or the books or the shows are going, or even the movies, pick and choose the things you generally like. You know, mm-hmm. like if you don't. If you generally want just more Andor Star style Star Wars, just wait for Andor season two, and maybe try Acolyte. I think that might be the next one that kind of <laughs> taps into that kind of thing. But um, mm. like I don't know why you would, would want to watch Mando or Bad Batch at this point. Like, I I think that a healthy fandom diet, <laughs> to use yeah. the flu metaphor, should yeah. be more. <laughs> don't gouge yourself on the whole buffet. Just pick and choose the things you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I'm curious what your thoughts on this because I think you and me are we're both for the most part open to a lot of this. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. we've ever said no, we're just not gonna do that one. I mean, maybe the closest I think probably will be that High Republic Disney Junior thing, but that's but I might watch I'll a still watch of it. 
still watch it, but I'm not gonna like make a point to like watch every episode religiously or anything to keep up with the lore. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, it, it is interesting you say. That. I mean, one of the things I keep kind of cheekily joking about is the podcast Terriat and how uh, this isn't really what you're talking about. This is this is a bit of a this is a bit of a tangent, but this is where my brain is going, my mind is going. Is one of the things I've really loved about this podcast is just because there's a new Mandalorian episode coming out whenever, just because there's a trailer coming out, doesn't mean we're going to devote our whole episode about it. You know, oh, yeah. um, I'll power to every other podcast that does that. If you want a podcast that is going to devote your, their entire episode uh, to the Bad Batch, ep- to the latest Bad Batch episode, let me tell you, Thursday nights, Star Wars Underworld podcast, 9.30 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Eastern, right here on this channel. Go for it. We've taken a different tack of saying, okay, well, we want to give our thoughts off the top. If, you know, if you really feel you, you want to go talk about it, you go on Doc's channel and, or whoever else, you know, and, and, and you take to Twitter or wherever, you know. Um, yeah, and of course, I'm going to take to Twitter and stuff too. But we've been selective about what we cover and what we focus on. And because... I mean, one of the things, one of the reasons, well, well you know, the, a major, major impetus for me for this was, um, you know, at, at Culture Slate, Star Wars Underworld, they didn't have all the time in the world to do this, all, all the time and energy to focus on all this paper stories, right? They did a little bit. They did, they could, but they could. But uh, I could either complain about it or I could do something about it. And decided to be positive and do something about it and say we did something we did something we we were jedi activists like great and sign we stepped out and did something about it constructively saying okay well we'll take the time on monday night to talk about these things while you go ahead to talk about these other things and sometimes yes we we do devote a whole episode to what everyone else is talking about and that's been fine and that's been fun and important and enjoyable because it's star wars and the, the old joke yeah. In our logo, there is the uh, a certain thing from Empire Strikes Back because Empire Strikes Back is canon. Yes, <laughs> there's the ion, the actual ion cannon in from Empire Strikes Back in there. So if you look closely, if you squint in the in the O in canon, it's in there. <laughs> so yeah, that's being good in terms of focus. Yeah, in terms of the actual thing, you're getting back to the thing you're <laughs> actually talking about here. Um, that too, I'd be more realistic. I've been open and says I have said saying I haven't read this book. I have not read. The Alphabet Squadron trilogy yet. Um, you know, there I haven't read Rebel Rising or uh what's the, the one that's set on by two, either of the ones that set on are set on by two, um uh, the Galaxy's Edge ones. I haven't read those because I just haven't have had been my focus. I've wanted to focus more on High Republic, and I am gonna be a completionist about High Republic because oh, yeah. it's hitting all my points and exactly you know, because it's all about connectivity and and this incredible effort of telling the story of these multiple characters over multiple media in multiple stories. And so I want to be more completist about that with the comics. I'm even more completist than I was. I'll be honest before I started doing tractor beam before the dark horse got dark horse, got the, the Avengers license. I actually wasn't reading much in terms of the adventures. Now I am. <laughs> um, and so it, it has pressed me to do that. But to say to again, I mean, it's similar to the, the the whole methodology in terms of connectivity question. 
you know, Joel, hearing your perspective and dialoguing with you and your concerns about including including about the high republic and how well you have to buy everything and the the economic problem with that and the financial problem with that 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 can be exclusionary and exclusive when star wars at its core is meant to be inclusive uh yeah that is a problem i agree and so um to say don't buy stuff because you think you're supposed to buy stuff you know invest your time and your finances in things that you believe are worthwhile and enjoyable and lift you up and lift your society up. And I'm talking to you, Joel, I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. It, you know, don't let anybody, don't let Disney, don't let Charles soul or Kevin Scott. They won't <laughs> tell you, you know, the, 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 those two, they wouldn't tell you this. Clay Gray would not tell you this to, you must buy everything. You must give us all your money. Um, don't let anybody tell you that. It doesn't matter how good and how trustworthy they are. Uh, you know, maybe you can't. Maybe you simply can't. Don't let them telling you that make you feel less because you can't. And, and because you have to pay your bills. You have to pay medical bills. Because in the United States especially, and the way Ontario is going, mm, healthcare here isn't that great either. Um, you know, there are unjust systems in the real world that prevent people from enjoying Star Wars to the extent that they can. And to the extent that we, I, I'm getting on this high horse here, the extent that we perpetuate that, I agree. That is running counter to what George Lucas was all about initially. Um, that being said, again, now that, you know, since I can currently focus on being a completionist with the High Republic and with comics, mm-hmm. I will, and I'm enjoying it. And Oh, sharing yeah. in the community of people who are and uh and again i don't feel anyone judging me for that either so um, oh goodness no i yeah. i i know you're a completionist because you like it like if mm. you were to read like the next high republic book and be like charles buddy what are you doing what yeah. are you dealing with these comics or what are you with these like or you like the next or like the next three and you're like what the heck claudia just yeah. out of there. What, what are you doing like yeah, i think claudia, you know, claudia like, gray's comic actually comes out that's another question <laughs> yeah but um yeah. you know like if you generally were like reading like if i was like if i generally disliked the higher public like that yeah. this story sucks what am i dealing with myself i just would stop yeah. i just would stop and you know it's like star wars isn't gonna die because i'm not gonna buy it you know like yeah it's like like you know it's like trust me big ips like this they always they'll survive same goes for Doctor Who, Star Trek, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. They'll be around even if people yeah. stop buying stuff or else they'll they'll change course eventually. But mm-hmm. like you know, but we enjoy it, so that's why we're completioning yeah. the High Republic or the comic because we enjoy yeah. the issues. And I mean, I've been enjoying the Vader comic for all its wackiness and fun. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm keeping at it. I'm I will say this: at- here's what I'd like to see proactively. Um, you know, some of the High Republic books, the 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 junior novels. I read on, uh, let's see if this comic is, nope, no, uh, no trailer yet. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of the, the junior, mm-hmm. you know, the junior books uh, I got from digital from the library and I would love to see Lucasfilm publishing Lucasfilm partner with libraries across North America, across the world and say, we're going to make these stories more accessible to people. Um, have ways of actually letting people be more completionist if they can't afford it. Yeah, I, like even, and, and I mean, now part of the, the problem here is uh, it is an industry, it is a business. It's also 
um, these authors, these creatives, they need to pay their bills. They need to food. They need to eat. They need to live. <laughs> and so uh, those of us who can support them should. But if you can't, then, you know, um, so as you like it, of course, you know, like, yeah, as, as that's as my big thing. Right. Again, that, no, that's the thing is, is if you're at a buffet and you're full, you can stop. It's OK. <laughs> well, if you don't like, I don't know, the, the veal, don't eat the veal. Why are you eating yeah. the veal? I, I don't yeah. know. But um, OK, the one here comes the question that you've been looking forward to. And yeah. strangely, I don't know if I have an answer for myself. <laughs> um, favorite discussion episode. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll let me think just for a little bit myself. Like we, we've had so many. Mm-hmm. I, I've kind of gotten lost. Um, I really like the tale of the Jedi one with Hannah. Wasn't that Halloween? That mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Um, the Andor one with Dominic, we just did a couple of, 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 of the weeks ago. That was yeah. a lot of fun. I think those were probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oh, and of course, uh, our downtown Disney mini yes. sub because you know, we, we got to meet each other in mm-hmm. celebration, and I think that really was such mm-hmm. a delight, and just one of my favorite things that we got to mm-hmm. do. Um, like that, we, we timed we time this podcast so well, like, yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, oh, and and the um, the call-in show before celebration yes, so as fun. well. No that fun. was another one. I think those are my my three mm-hmm. picks. I can't pick just one because uh, it, it's like, I can't. I can't. Um, mm-hmm. But those would be my three. We've had so many fun ones as well. But yeah. uh, what about you? What are your... What's yeah, so this is this, the question. Before we do that, I do want to do this. This is a good question. A great question. Iron Cannon is your home on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network for uh, Lore, the High Republic, and the Canon of the Galaxy get far, far away. Uh, and yes, we are here in case the trailer drops. No. <laughs> um, well, for those who anyone. don't know, maybe this is a good time to, to address, talk about the history. So for those who don't know, um, I was sitting next to my friend Dominic Jones, uh, friend of a few years Dominic Jones in this movie theater forget which we were seeing a Marvel movie I forget which one um maybe in the November December 2021 was it Spider-Man maybe one of those anyway um and you and Chris Siegel your friend of I guess a few years kind of you know, meeting might meeting up on the internet whatnot um you were talking about okay you want to do a podcast um talking to Chris I was talking to Dom my my previous podcast for Christ's sake Anakin, it was just one person trying to get at it every every week was not happening. So um we were in the comments of Star Wars Underworld just on Thursday nights, going back and forth about Kira and Crimson. I remember you made a comment about wanting Kira to show up and like, oh he's he has his eye on the page. Um uh, oh, yeah. I remember you know. those days. Um so, and, and and I'd flowed this thing, and you had flowed this thing to Chris, and I'd flowed this thing to Dom, saying, "You know, I, I think I think this could be good. This thing, thing with Joel could be good. I know Chris was looking for someone for you to do a podcast with. Dom was was uh, looking to bring me into the fold. He sat there. We were sitting at the theater, Spider Man, whatever. Was like, yeah, we should call it Ion Cannon, which is Dom's idea. And uh, so yeah, and and as Culture Slate was starting to expand into a network, um. And then, of course, that changeover to the Star Wars Underworld Network, uh, you know, to focus more on podcasts. Honestly, Lucky Lego, you're you're proving you're answering your question because you're you're following the Star Wars Underworld, and yeah, welcome to Iron Cannon, who you know our our, our friend, you know, Dom, Chris, and Ben have been our strongest supporters, and to the point of saying, yeah, be on our channel, why not? Um, have our label in the Star Wars Underworld Network. 
and you know, we'll come on whenever you want and whenever we can and we love you uh, guys you know dom's been around for a bit i'm you know i'm hopefully you know i'm i'm seeing dom next friday to chat about some some future projects um in-person projects uh but yeah it, so it's been a good partnership great partnership um both a, a friendship and just collaboration and so you know it's funny i was thinking about this is all of it something here too is i used to have this sort of kind of fomo not not very mature kind of immature thing of oh i just want to guest on underworld i just want to guest on underworld you know if i did oh, that, i've been there I made it you know yeah I've i think we, a lot of you made it and i thought about looking back and saying you know what yeah of course i'll come on <laughs> you know i'll help out whatever when when i'm needed uh we got our monday night we're right here on this channel and it, we can just come on and give our thoughts and we get a good audience we have a great audience especially on twitter live um i believe and in twitch uh yeah and we're on you know on the underworld facebook and ben's being a yeah go for it go on the the underworld twitter as well and so um to have that name have that that label and yeah watch out for the trailer if it never drops but anyway so that was that was a very long excursus because yeah it was, it was a fair question why are we here because because friendship and synergy and and contributing an angle like i was saying before you know there's just some things that on Thursday wanna... nights, they don't have time to talk about they don't have a focus to talk about we devoted half of our conversation to the battle of Je battle of Jedi. Yeah. it's wanna... something they're not going to because they don't have time i wanted to say i remember i remember when i was like oh i want kira and i'm like oh that's back when i thought that the book of boba fett was going to tie into war of the bounty hunters now i'm like now nah, i think kira's story's about to end in comics oh i know I i'm sad i'm sad well who knows maybe we'll we'll see we still have a couple more months to go but yeah. you know but it's charles soul he's he's yeah, gonna do it well we know he's gonna yeah. do well okay so to answer your question again <laughs> i go back to that favorite discussion so uh yeah I'll, I'll go in reverse chronological order so i'm gonna pick well no i'll go in actual chronological order of things uh, i talked about the way paper influences our viewing of screen the way comics influence our view of kiwanobi right. the format itself wasn't that great but i did a deep dive summary in the um issues 7 15 and 60 or something about from the jason aaron comic book from 2015 the three kenobi arcs uh comics oh, yeah. rather issues mm -hmm. that cover roughly the same time period that the, the kenobi show does mm -hmm. and going through that helped me realize okay there's going to be this important profound moment of obi-wan i mean what happens in the comic is obi-wan says i can't hope in, in anakin anymore i have to turn to this new hope of luke now none of us knew that this series would the series itself would focus on leia and that was a brilliant stroke of genius love that switch love that twist um but yeah it was it was this early thing of i'm going to devote this time to go through this paper story to present to people here's how this is being explored so that it, it provided this foundation going into Kenobi, going into the show that was different and was, I think, not not so much better or worse, but, um, you know, more, more grounded and settled response to the show, similar to what I was saying about Vader and Anakin. You know, it, it definitely 
is so poignant on in that the uh second last episode it was the last episode of kenobi um but it's also it reminds me oh yeah that great that moment in the jason and the kieran gillen comic that's so brilliant love that point yet again bringing up that question of of vader and anakin so that was an early really great one that was the first time i knew we had something really special going again the format wasn't great it was me talking for most of it and it's always better when we're both dialoguing going back and forth but there we go um i'm gonna jump all the way ahead to you mentioned the tales of the jedi uh conversation and i'm gonna pick a specific moment and hannah isn't in the chat but um Bye, Anna. Bye. If you're able to watch this, I'm, I'm going to tag her in this because in, in some Twitter thing, but I'm going to make a Twitter comment about this. Um, when she addressed the question of, of Ahsoka and, you know, kind of queer erasure in Tales of the Jedi and bringing the nuance of her perspective and saying it's from her perspective, it's a lot more complicated and letting her and the fact that we were able to give her the space to speak into it um you know and also then to say oh yeah and here's the novels just have the time to delve into more nuance about these stories uh yeah and, and the fact that she just went for it and, and and gave her thoughts and you know that i'm going to look back and say okay uh that's part another big part of why this podcast exists <laughs> to answer the question what are we doing here to, to do deep dives on those issues and raise those issues uh, that are really important to humanity right now in the real world. Um, LGBTQ uh, inclusion is a very poignant, critical issue in the way we approach it and the way we welcome people as people is, is a litmus test for how we care about our society as a whole, what kind of society we want it to be. And so um but also saying, okay, I can't just decide full stop what other people think and feel about this. We need to actually go and listen to what people in the community, she's the word she says, I'm in the community, what they think and feel about it. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I was really grateful in that moment that uh, she was able to come on and, 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 and in the context of, of just telling the whole, talking about what, Tales of the Jedi, which was brilliant as a whole in that moment uh creating that space to address that issue yeah that was a good moment as well um oh, oh did you have one more? i thought you had one more i thought you'd be like three uh, oh, yes, no yes. favorite episode oh. no that, that, those are the two okay yeah yeah um i i really liked the um the uh the the, the paper and screen one because mm -hmm. i feel like um people bring this up about the marvel cinematic universe I think Star Wars in some way is doing it um, to an extent, but in a little bit of a different manner where like, yeah, I think you brought it up. Like books are kind of books and comics are like the testing grounds for ideas and themes and sometimes characters. And if something is really penetrating, I think then they can put it in, uh, you know, the screen stuff eventually. And, you know, and if a character is simple enough to bring to a, a favorite character is simple enough to bring to the screen, I think they will like Cobb Vance. Or Black Chrysanthemum. Um, I, I think Vance was probably the best one. Chrysanthemum is a little iffy on because it's like, I feel like Boba Fett didn't even know who this person was at first. Like, come on, Boba, mention you had adventures. That's all I had to do. That's all you could do to 
pretend it's all connected. Um, people are talking about the Mando on the Discord. I'm on. I got. I better check just to make sure. Yeah, I, I think I just saw. Oh no, I don't know if the actual trailer dropped. Uh, Sorry, as we said, we we uh, yeah. Sorry. And was... nope, nothing yet. Nothing all yet. Right. Nothing yet. We're, watch, we're going to end the show and it's going to drop on us. I, I guarantee you. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, that's always interesting as well. And I just think that's sort of the interesting, and this is probably a discussion I want to have later on as well, kind of the power of Star Wars in retro continuity. Hmm. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you follow all my retweets on just threads that I think are really cool, but someone did a whole thing about, you know, hey, back in the day, people really hated the fact that Luke and Leia became brother and sister in Return of the Jedi. Um, and now thanks to stories, the prequels, the sequels, retroactive continuity, that's just, that's just now, that's it. That is Star Wars. That's not this weird thing that just sticks out like a store sign. That is Star Wars now for, for us, for everyone. Younger generations don't complain about because that's, yeah. and you know, like the lore ad to Rise of Skywalker, you know, people are gonna like, oh, I think it might be here, people. Hang on, hang know. on. So, okay. <laughs> it's on. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not on the YouTube yet, so yeah, they, they, well, they're gonna later. make this. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. The um, the plan is if if it drops, we'll we'll interrupt what we were gonna do. But if it it's must on, be Twitter, on TV, it yeah, because be. of the um, what's it called? The uh, the football game. Um, oh, I found it on Twitter. Here oh, it is. Just uh, dropped this very second. Okay, okay I see it on Twitter. Um, uh, do I get to put it on Twitter for us, or for us to both watch together? I will. I'll put it up here, right now. See if, if we get works. flagged. This is it, folks. We, 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 I hope we don't get in trouble. I'm so nervous. Here right. we go. Okay. Here we go. Volume. Go. Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy what are we what do we stand for being a mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight you also have to know how to navigate the galaxy that way you'll never be lost going to Mandalore so that I'm forgiven for my transgressions. May the force be with you! This is the way. There's something dangerous happening out there. Ooh. It comes big enough for you to act. It'll be too late. <laughs> hey! Oh, Ooh, high advance. Hang Love on, those kid. guys. Whoa, he won. Ooh. Oh. This is the way. Heck. Oh, that's... <laughs> well, 
Well, color me purple, as they say. Color me purple. Color me so was that Coruscant or Hosni Prime? That was Prime? Coruscant. Are you That's sure? gotta be Coruscant. Oh, it could be Hosni Prime. City plants know. all look the same to me, so. Yeah. I'm gonna see if it's on YouTube, because I mean, I get why. Um, yeah, here we go. I get why the uh, closed caption is there. I get that for the accessibility reasons, but it also <laughs> it's a little distracting. So I'm gonna try and do this. So hold on, let me. Uh, I'll enter. Well, I, the fun, funny enough, the, the 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 next thing that we were gonna talk about was what we were looking forward to in canon yeah. consumption. So let's perfect timing, let's get guys. <laughs> let's get onto it. Um, initial yeah. reactions. Let's slash future. Well, um, let me uh, let me just let's watch it again. Okay. Okay. Well, that, are you gonna do like the breakdown one piece by piece? No. Let me like comment over it. Okay, watch it over again. Okay, watch it again. Watch it again. It's only a minute. Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. What are we? What do we stand for? Being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight. You also have to know how to navigate the galaxy. That way, you'll never be lost. I'm going to Mandalore so that I may be forgiven for my transgressions. This is the way. There's something dangerous happening out there. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late. Hang on, kid. You won. This is the way. Sick man. Sick. Okay. Um could you let's go back to the city part. Let's go. I want to take a look at that city just yeah, down. That's on, a, that's a good let's question. go back. Because okay. Uh, so so here we go. Right. The on-screen brain of mine says yeah. recognize Coruscant is the most recognizable city planet. So you know. Coruscant, yeah. but if 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 Filoni is going to be Mister Nerd Guy, mm-hmm. I can see this also being Hosni and Prime, and Hosni and Prime kind of looks like Coruscant either way. Anyway, so but it's Pershing, isn't there? Yeah. And, so and Pershing, I mean, if anything, you know, Hosni Prime, Chandrila—that's the center of the New Republic, right? Coruscant could still be the center of the Empire. That's true. I mean, Coruscant. Yeah. Well, depends I mean, on what they go with. I don't know if the, the retcons. Lord. I mean, I don't know if the retcons Chuck Wendig, but no. I mean, Coruscant is kind of supposed to just be the next now. Hutta is like a trash heap planet now because yeah. all the politicians left. Uh, I mean, you know, it could just could be. Hey, we just need generic city. We'll just say it's Transylvania, and like we don't have to deal with it later. I would. Um, or it could just be Hosni Prime because that looks like Coruscant, and apparently might have been Coruscant when JJ made it. But they were like, no, don't blow it up. You can't blow it up. <laughs> We're gonna need it for something else. So it looks like I, Coruscant. It does look like Coruscant quite a lot. 
the, it's it's really hard. It's 50-50 right now. It could yeah. be Talking Crime or Coruscant because if it's the if he's personally being taken by the New Republic, which we know in a trailer, that could be Talking Crime. True. Unless they decide, or you know what? Or Chandrilla. Yeah. It, it's going to be one of those two. Um, yeah. If it's Coruscant, maybe like that there are Imperial remnants just hiding there, but obviously you, the New Republic, they're not going to be open about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hints at the First Order yeah. and stuff like that. Because, you know, we got uh, Car- uh, Carson Tiva. He talked about something big is going on. Something, something's going down. Something's yeah, going down. Thumbnail um, there. There we go. Upper Toronto. He's got the yeah. uh, some sort of symbol going on there. And he got, he's got the, the New Republic on his patch, patch on there, too. And some interesting symbol. I wonder what that's all about. Yeah. I mean, on, uh, I on his left arm, he's, he's has the, the Republic. I swear, if they call it a Rangers patch, you know there's something going on there. Um, oh, yeah, it could be. I mean, it really, that really could be. It could be the Rangers. In the um, but uh, that's just from the nerdy lore brain. It's like, okay, is Pershing on Coruscant? Is he going to help break out Gideon, who is in a New Republic detention facility? Yeah. Which, I mean, could be on Coruscant, but I would expect they just take him to the capital. You know, if he's a big yeah. moth, you're going to want to talk to him. Whatever the um, highest security thing is, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, I did predict Mon Mothman might show up in one of these shows this year, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it seems like we're getting a little bit more of the core just by the looks of it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I, 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 I hold caution just in terms of like, yeah. oh my god, it's Coruscant, but like, it could be Trangilla and it could be Hawking and Prime. So but I, you know I, what it does say to me, though, is the thing I've been wanting the most is tell me more of this New Republic story. What's happening with the Republic? Is it as weak and as much of a joke as we think it is, or or as we're told it is by Mando in the beginning of season one, or is it actually more serious? Um, we know ultimately it's going to a place of not being able to respond, not being able to take the the first order threat seriously. But you know, you got you got up a Toronto Carson Teva there. Uh, I'm not going to try and scroll for him, but. Um, He's, he's there he's doing his thing uh you know he, he takes it seriously we we've known that for a while uh, of course paul sung and lee telling telling dom and me at a party <laughs> uh that he has had more to do so uh, if it is if he is called the rangers that would make sense to me um yeah. i'm really intrigued especially talking about atoning one going to mandalore to atone for his sins learning how to navigate the galaxy those themes atone for what sins uh, not think, for the sins of taking off the helmet, but maybe for the sins of being too much of an extremist, of being too on the sidelines, too hidden um, with the, the 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 children of the watch. Who is he talking to there? Probably not talking to the armor. He's being cast off from them. But yeah, uh, really looking forward to. I like exploring what it means. And I just want to say, really yeah, looking right. forward to exploring. The thing that came up, the thing that I was always able to actually talk about during the podcast area with season one and two is this exploration of Mandalore tradition and innovation yes. and change. And how, yeah, identity and, and identity rooted in a common heritage, in a faith in the creed, whatever that means metaphysically. I don't think it means anything necessarily, but uh, mm-hmm. certainly functions like a religion. And the use the word religion like a metaphysical cosmic belief, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not connected to the force. I don't know, but 
um, questions of sin and redemption and going to this Sindari looks kind of cursed to me, not necessarily literally, but clearly the night of the thousand years had its way. And uh, there were yeah, tears. There were tears. But, there were some yeah, tears. So, I, uh, yeah. This trailer is probably, probably the best one they've done, best in terms of season mm-hmm. one and two. It's also the most thematic. Like this mm-hmm. is where I feel like, okay, the themes are finally kicking in. Um, I'm, I'm like you. I'm glad we're seeing the New Republic now. I was always more forgiving of them not showing it in season one and two. You need you need build up. You need like okay, we're starting this story in the Outer Rim, but as we're becoming more, as as Mando, our character, our eyes in is becoming mm-hmm. more ingrained with the Star Wars of it all, then I think yeah. the 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 events of the core and the New Republic he's going to have more interactions with as the story. As he becomes more infused mm-hmm. with like the the story, the the ongoingness yeah. of it all, and I think you know season three was obviously um, the best place to do this. Um, yeah, I think it's a little yeah. bit of. I think there's a little bit of maybe just it feels like a long time because Book of Boba Fett was so Mando season three two point five that's sort of like eh, you know come on but like this is the real deal now. Um, okay, breaking news. Um, and the, I love the themes of like what is it really is what does it mean to be Mandalore? What does it mean to be man, a Mandalorian? We are mm-hmm. scattered. Um, could you one more thing? Uh, yeah. Look for the B one battle droids. We got some B one. B one. More further. More further back. More forward. Uh, a little more. Let's keep going. I mean, back. we have. Where do we have them? I don't know. I think it's more for like in a minute in. Keep going. Like way in the forward. Uh, keep going. I'll, I'll keep. I'll tell you to stop. Keep I mean, going. there's definitely. I mean, this here. Oh yeah. I think that's Order sixty six again. That's clearly oh, the temple. One hundred percent. You know, uh, B ones. B ones. There, there. Wait, go back, go back a little more. And so, there, stop. There they are. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. They're hanging out in the in the whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the um, the opposite of the cantina. Of Chalmers Cantina. That's <laughs> all drawn. Oh my gosh. I, I just thought of this random random lore thing that made what if this is the droid gotra? That droid gang you mafia. Know, I mean the, that guy in the middle there <laughs> looks looks kinda kinda polished and gangsta. Although that almost looks like R2. Eh, probably not. Can't be R2. We don't want R2. R2 is the true leader of the mafia droid mafia. We all knew <laughs> it. I knew it. No, R2 is the true um, leader of the rebel alliance. Uh, he's the, he's some, the chancellor. <laughs> those are yeah, yeah. real good CGI or good models. Yeah. I can't tell at the moment. But uh, probably models. Yeah, that's, oh, that's well, exciting. That's pretty cool to see them in live action. It was great to see them in animation on Wednesday. Like yeah. I was saying, 24 years later, still coming back. Yeah, in the post Endor era too. Like yeah. that's that's cool. Like these are during technically the original trilogy times. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know the uh, no Moff Gideon. Sadly, that I'm a little disappointed. But back to pushing probably means Gideon's yeah. around the corner. And and any blue guy, any guy in blue or a blue skin. No, I I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't expect Thrawn to show uh, to really step in until the Ahsoka series. I think that's when. Yeah, that makes sense. If if, yeah. if 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 I like to call it the Mandalorian initiative. Uh, if Mando <laughs> is like passive convergence and Ahsoka's like you know, is passive deceit, then Ahsoka's convergence, and that's when yeah. like the bigger maybe the bigger... maybe bring it all full circle. Uh, one last question: How did this trailer make you feel? Oh, I'm excited, man. I mean, I've always been excited for season three. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a I'm a season two defender. I know some people think season two is where it kind of dropped off a little bit for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely feels like there's a lot more of a of a of a cohesiveness. Like there's a mission statement behind mm-hmm. this. Like the this is where I feel like the story is finally after kind of two like a lot of slow build. Now we're finally gearing up. We're finally getting places. We're gonna we're gonna see things. Obviously, you got possibly Coruscant, Hosni Prime, Changella. I'm I'm putting all my money in something just to get yeah, it's um, one of the three. It's gotta be one of the three. A core world. It's gotta I mean, a core world. A yes. city planet for sure. Um yeah. the mm-hmm. New Republic in more of its official capacity mm-hmm. there. Um and I'm excited. Like I, I kind of as I sort of said, Bad Batch is my 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 quiet, relaxing show. Mm-hmm. This is my I'm hyped for it because we're moving the bigger pieces of just yeah. the wider mythology and history along in the sense with the show as we kind of continue to build the post Endor era up mm-hmm. more. Um and it looks gorgeous by the way. Like oh, this yeah. looks, it looks this looks gorgeous. Um you know, uh so I'm excited for that. Um and yeah, yeah. I'm I, I think this this one really made me excited, but also like Oh, I, we're, we might be getting some deeper thoughts here. With like, yeah. it's not going to be the Grogu Mando adventures. And who knows? Maybe in execution it will be. But this trailer, man, it just makes me. It sees the wider picture. Like the Mandalorians are time for some big questions to be asked, and I hope they. Yeah. I mean, the thing I I keep coming back to is at Fan Expo Canada, Katie Sakoff said the favorite her favorite things that she's filmed as Bo-Katan, fil- voiced or filmed or done in Star Wars. Is in, is in season three, which is saying right. something because Clone Wars was her stuff in Clone Wars was oh yeah the, the Duchess or the the heiress whatever that episode's called <laughs> uh, that's off the charts. So this yeah, put on some tea. Um, yeah, like I said, my feeling is more curious and intrigued, peaked. Like okay, we're yeah, put on the tea. We're actually the table is being set for a real meal here. Uh, the way Andor was, right? And, and maybe not the same, a bit more more fun, more action adventure, but it's going to plumb some depths that the first two seasons haven't really had to, haven't really needed to, because they've been more set up for the the payoff of season three and probably, who knows, season four, who knows what in Ahsoka. But yeah. Um, and we're going I, to the core again. Can't, yeah. I can't help but get that probably really excited. Yes, we're going to the core. We're plumbing the depths, going mm. into the core. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> Which is that's an interesting thought. So I'm just gonna gonna pause, sit, sit on that for a second. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, usually with Star Wars, the core is. I mean, it's why A New Hope starts on the periphery. It's mm-hmm. the, um, the core is this shiny surface that obscures the depths. Mm-hmm. But then George Lucas goes with the prequels and says, no, actually, there's stuff going on here that's vitally important for us to pay attention to about this question of way, the way the shiny facade obscures the deep realities of the human condition. In a way that, yes, the, the periphery doesn't. The bear of Tatooine does obscure those things. And it's it's interesting, you know, we have Pelimoto here. She is what you see is what you get. Um, with Pershing and with uh, Moff Gideon and um, everything with the New Republic and whether or not it's serious or not, 
they this show is actually going to puncture through that facade and you know i think carson teva is, is one of the ones to actually do that and especially here's an interesting thing you know if pershing and teva are connected at least are are are, are on the same planet and and teva can actually be involved in figuring out what pershing is up to what all that cloning stuff is up to because of course he's the one probably going to be alerting leia about the threat we're trying to so mm-hmm. uh yeah excited for all that and of course we do have a moment of course like i said before of of order 66 in the jedi temple Wait, going into, into growing grogu's grogu's story too so uh yeah great you mean padawans and lightsabers and yeah. You know, I mean, that's again, you know, maybe we'll see, maybe not see Reva, but this is the second show where there's a character who is affected by Order 66. In, in Grogu flashback, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Is is this is the second show we've gotten, and they're going to continue, you know, just, I mean, of course, the Bad Batch, they're all affected by Order 66. As, as the resident prequelist, this is the Order 66 loom large in its own way in throughout Star Wars storytelling. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, intrigued to see intellectually where this goes. So. Yeah. Me too. Um, you know, I, as I said, you know, I think it was smart to just start off in the periphery now, build more and more to the, the core and uh, just, you know, and also eventually, but of course I think we have to remember it's not about the core at the end of the day. It's about, if you can go back to that ruined city, if if you can, if you don't want to, that's fine. But, yeah, uh, well, Sindari. Uh, yeah. It's about it's about Sindari. It's, it it. Is about, can, it? can I find uh, it? Oh, there, there we go. go. It's about this. It's about yes. Mandalore. About Mandalore mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and I think this is where, my, if I had to guess, this is where we're all going. This is where we're all heading to. This is our our grand finale. Unless right it's here. like Bowser Galactica to bring up a Katie Sackhoff show. <laughs> Where they go to this earth that was, and turns out it's it's there's nothing there anymore. And yeah. so that unless we get something about Tarvisla, that would be that'd be awesome too. But <laughs> I hope so. Who knows? But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited. I'm really mm-hmm. excited now. Like I it's like I, I, I just hope it's good. That's yeah. I just hope it's fun. It's exciting. You, you, you got me nervous, Favreau with Book of Boba, but it seems like this I this trailer makes gives me more confidence of like, okay, there's gonna be more here than just a rule with respect and that's yes. it it's like okay there's, there's more going on here all so, right i think yeah, we're I good to say goodbye to that trailer as, as awesome as it is obviously we're not going to say goodbye we're going to keep watching it over and over again but <laughs> we're hitting the two hour mark <laughs> yeah i think i think we're good i think honestly the trailer came just at the right time because i think <laughs> we finished up our retrospective you know so yeah that we did it, <laughs> there it <is. laughs> we did it there we go. Right on, right on. Let me <laughs> get that. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for, uh, Joel, thank you for a great great year of podcasting, yeah. uh, the Iron Cannon podcast. You can check out our earlier episodes over on the Iron Cannon YouTube channel. We still have that sitting in the dock uh, just to figure out what to do with that. But for now, yeah, we'll stay on the Star Wars Underworld channel. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us in the comments. And, you know, if you do like uh like what you heard like what you saw uh do you disagree whatnot the comments are still going to be there um and you're still going to be there to to let us know what you think um be it on youtube be it on facebook be on twitter twitch etc um you can follow us at if you're not already at iron cannon 
Ion Cannon Podcast, Ion, at Ion Cannon Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, please come below either there or on Twitter and Instagram on the Star Wars Underworld Facebook page. Please do this, give this video a like and a share. Subscribe to the channel, follow the channels, etc. All if you have not done so already. Uh, Joel, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at JID2021, again, JID2021, where I am retweeting tweets that I think are interesting, put my own thoughts. And, of course, I will always be at the Ion Cannon pod, uh, coming up with interesting ideas, stuff to talk about, etc., etc., etc. And we will be looking at this trailer, and I will keep my eye on the cannon and see where exactly Dr. Pershing is, because I feel like, like, guys, they're either going to What planet he's training. on, yeah. Like it's either Coruscant under like somewhat neo imperial rule, but not enough to be like a threat, or it's Trangilla or Hosnian Prime, and he's yeah. he's getting taken to the New Republic somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and you know, to see if, they, if the Galactic Concordance holds up, I think it might. I think there's a, that one has a good yeah. chance from the Windy Trilogy of, of coming through. Uh, they anyway. stuck really close with Aftermath in terms of yeah. staying true to the spirit of that book. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. You can follow me on Twitter at NEUG45. I probably will retweet this, etc. But also on Instagram at MNEUG1138. Twitter and Instagram at IonCannonPod. Uh, Instagram largely tweet, posting about Tractor Beam. Well, Tractor Beam, usually Friday nights or Fridays sometime. Uh, audio only on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, along with the full Iron Cannon episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, check out the Discord. We're going to have you know the video game party in a few weeks, but also Ooh. chatting this up, chatting up the trailer. Uh, definitely, mm. I'm sure. I'm sure it's the Discord's already buzzing with people chatting about that right now. Uh, and also check out uh, reactions across the network. I know uh, our, our good friends tells it from the Beyond, Beyond the Galaxy. They're getting their reaction out. Uh, you can eh, probably probably safe bet. I don't want to pr- presume, but it's safe bet that. Thursday night, the flagship show is going to dedicate some time to this trailer as well, or some other at some other place in time and space. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, we'll probably keep talking about the trailer because next week we're looking ahead to the Mandoverse and the sequel era. We're doing a bit of bit more, another Iron Cannon deep dive. We're asking a question Can the Republic thrive without the Jedi? And that is, a, you think that Order 66 scene. <laughs> That yeah. is now a more relevant question than I thought. But yeah, until yeah, then, yeah. Joel, uh, let's blow this thing and head home.